Podcasts are an independent way for podcasters like me to bring a local voice to your ears. At the Spent the Rent Podcast, we strive to raise awareness of topics that affect the often underrepresented. Our title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro, offers free money management advice that can help you take control of your finances. At OregonCashflowPro.com, you will find videos to guide you towards your goal of financial freedom. For more info, there will be a link in the show notes. The following podcast is available on all major streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can now listen to all previous episodes, donate to the podcast, and buy shirts directly from the Spent the Rent podcast at our newly designed official website, strpod.com. to the Spent the Rent podcast. I am your host, Patty Rose. My guest today is Dusty Bodine, aka Dusty Bubbles. Dusty, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Patty. So you are a busy guy. You uh, have a lot of different things going on. Uh, (laughs) Today, we're going to talk about uh, your medical practice. Uh, You work in acupuncture, and I thought that it would be really cool. I think that this is probably something in Eugene that's really popular. alternative medicine we'll, we'll get into some of the different ways that it's looked at also you are a musician and like i had said uh you go by dusty bubbles uh, we'll get to that at the end because we're going to play one of your songs and we'll talk about the music that you make and and whatnot and we're going to talk a little bit about uh how you recently became a father too so oh. a, lot to, a lot to unpack today yeah so so thanks for doing this uh the reason that i chose to have you on the show and why i reached out we have a mutual friend through joey helpish uh, who's a music teacher and uh, someone that's taught me a lot about recording music. But I started following you this past summer in the COVID shutdown when we were doing The Ish. And yeah. if anybody listening is unfamiliar, The Ish was a Facebook page that uh, different artists became admins and then they took over control of the page. And then they themselves went live on this essentially virtually virtual uh, venue. And I was watching your stuff and it was very different than the normal thing that I would be interested in and which was really neat and uh, your positive outlook on life and just a bright, massive grin on your face. I was like, I think that the world needs a lot more people like this uh, spread in positivity. So I wanted to reach out to you and have you on the show and get to know you better and, and get, get the luxury of calling you a friend. So here we are. Oh. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So let's just get right into it. Uh, first of all, uh, let's talk about some acupuncture. Your acupuncture business is called Epiphany Acupuncture. And tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So uh, I'm an acupuncturist and I got into acupuncture. Um, you know, it's called Epiphany Acupuncture. And the reason why it's called that is because the very first time that I ever had acupuncture, I just went in because I was having anxiety and I wasn't feeling very well and just didn't feel myself. And after my very first treatment, I felt really different for like six months. Like I would wake up and I just kind of felt blissful. Like I just felt like more energy about my life. And uh, so I had all these like kind of epiphanies about things to let go. And so later on down 
down the road when I started studying more uh, Eastern philosophy, studying the roots of acupuncture, studying Taoism, I always remembered that feeling of epiphany. And so when I got my master's in Chinese medicine and I decided to start a business, that's what I called it was epiphany acupuncture. Because two, that is my intention um, when I'm doing medicine with people is like, I don't have the answers. I'm not the expert of your body or for who you are. You have them all. And so what I think is really cool about acupuncture is that it's the system that is about learning about your body and learning about yourself, learning about the archetypes, how you function, um, because we're all connected and we all come from nature. And so each these diagnostic tools in acupuncture are about kind of breaking down how you might function in the world. And so a lot of times people, you know, because of society, because of their families, because of things that happen in their life, trauma, all of those things, um, they may kind of move away of their innate personality or, or their innate who they are supposed to be. So my, that's why it's called epiphany acupuncture for me is because I'm hoping that when people have sessions with me, that they get an epiphany about something about their own story. So, you know, I've, I, this lately, I've been saying that I, lately I've been talking like, like people ask, like, what do I do? And like, for me, it's, it's this phrase that's been, I like to help people move forward in their story. If that makes sense. Yeah. That's gotta be pretty rewarding. Now imagine yeah. if you were telling someone that had never heard of acupuncture, mm. what is acupuncture? Yeah. So, um, it's so funny when I was waiting for my acupuncture license in Portland to come in, um, when I first graduated, uh, I was an Uber driver for a while and I got this question all the time because people would want to know who I was. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to give you an Uber, an Uber driver yeah, explanation. Sure. Cause I remember telling this one passenger while we were in the car, um, this, this version of it. So, um, one simple way to really break it down is that Chinese medicine and acupuncture comes from something called Taoism. And Taoism is all about living life in the flow. And we talk about that in Western medicine too. There's even Western books now written about flow state and what that means to be in flow state. So it's all about flow. So with acupuncture, it's the same for our bodies. Um, if we all came from the same source, you know, that's kind of the story of Taoism, then just like in nature, how things needs to keep moving. So do things in our body. So we were sitting in this car and we were at a red light and I go, this is what acupuncture is like. So like, let's say you have shoulder pain. That means that there is some blood flow that has a red light or there's some neck, like the energy or the cells that also called chi. So chi and blood, like there's, there's a blockage here. And when we have blockages, usually we experience some kind of pain or some kind of dysfunction. And then, so when I put a needle in, into a channel or into a place where there's a block, it's like turning on, then the light goes green. And then the cars can go again. And when the cars are moving again, that is like the blood flow or the cellular activity happening again. So, you know, we all need, we need cellular activity when we have injuries, you know, come and clean up old inflammation and that kind of thing. So the acupuncture is like turning the green light onto flow in your body. Um, like so on average, on average, when giving a, a treatment, how many needles do you use? That's such a good question. <laughs> so there's so many different traditions and different ways of doing it and different intentions with an acupuncturist. Yeah. 
So there are times when I only use two or three needles or one, even like one is my, actually my favorite, um, because I look at every single acupuncture point as a teacher. And so part of my job is to just sit and listen to people's story as much as I can, because I'm listening for that perfect point to do, because these points also have names that are really cool, like great mountain rushing stream and the great upper void. And like these, it's kind of, it's poetic. It's a very poetic medicine. Um, and so, um, but there are also times where maybe I'm just treating something that's physical, like a low back injury. And I might do more because there's more inflammation or there's more adhesions that need to be broken up. But there are times when even two or three needles can do that kind of magic. If you pick the correct ones and you do it, you know, correctly, um, and it just all lines up. So it really depends, but there are some acupuncturists that, you know, can consistently do 15 or 20, but, uh, my mentors, um, and the, the, the school that I study and the school that I practice, we're trying to be like super, super precise. And when you hit, when you hit a point correctly in acupuncture, um, it's often like causes a big change, a big shift. Um, can, so, so how can you, uh, doing the procedure, how can you tell that you've done it? Um, it's a feeling that I get. These are so cool. These are such cool questions. Uh, it's like a feeling I get in the needle where it almost feels like I caught a fish. Oh, like wow. I feel like I feel a vibration that comes up. And then usually the patient will go like, Oh, or like make some sort of noise depending on who they are. Um, but I, I like to encourage noise if that's who they are. Um, but I also like, it's good. So like for me, I always say that the master is on the table. Like you, like I'm just the student I'm, I'm here to help. So it's like also that communication asking them, did they feel it? Like, what did you feel? Like, so I'm always asking the person that I'm giving the treatment to, you know, what is, what are you experiencing right now? Well, that's awesome. Cause I think in anything, medical is a practice, you know? And I think a lot of times people look at uh, Western medicine specifically, like doctors have a God complex, like that, that they are, you know, they're the ones that know all and all be all. And that's really uh, reassuring to kind of hear uh, a little bit about that. Yeah. Not to get too sidetracked, but that's a, that's, no, no, that's, that's cool totally, insight, you know, no, that's totally correct. And I think, uh, I think too, it's like, it's, in, you know, I get to spend a whole hour with someone versus like 15 minutes. Sure. Um, and so, you know, I'm always, I, I'm always asking um, them and tell, I, I even, I even ask them sometimes I'll even say to a patient and I know some of my colleagues think this is crazy, but I'll be like, do you think we should do one more point? Yes or no. Like I let them give me the answer. Sure. You know, instead of me do it, you right. know? And then you said different, uh, is there different size needles or is it? Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of different sizes and different kinds. Um, usually generally they're about twice the size of a hair follicle right. on your head. So they're not that big. Um, and, uh, but some, and sometimes they're, you know, they can be long depending upon where the point is in the body and where you're trying to get to. Um, but they're all, they're all, they're all different sizes. And there's also like really fancy ones for the face, um, that are like three times as sharp, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So they really slide in really nice. Um, I like using nicer needles. Um, just yeah, to, I mean, yeah. the tools that you, you invest in your craft, it pays dividends for sure. Yes. That, that is the, that's the story. So yeah. Now, I don't know a lot about Chinese medicine, but I do know that in Western medicine, at least in this, especially in, in America, uh, healthcare is a lot of times to its treatment. It's not prevention. It's not preventative mm -hmm. care. You know, mm -hmm. is acupuncture can acupuncture be used? Obviously you're saying it's used to treat something, whether it's stress, pain, 
or whatnot, can it be used also as a preventative method? Yes. 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 <laughs> yes, Patty. You sound like you did some homework. Um, no, you oh, didn't. Man. You didn't. That's no. awesome. Um, well, that, that's awesome that you picked up on that because that is, that is like its origins is that's what it should be. It should be more preventative. It should be more something that, you know, you come in when you feel well, even, um, because it's not just about prevention. I think it's also about optimization. Right. It's also about like, you know, becoming, you know, the, I don't want to sound cheesy, but it's like the best version of yourself. Like sure. to me, that's, that's, what's interesting. Like a lot of times, like I will straight up ask a patient, I will say, uh, you know, like, what do you want out of life? Like, what, what are you about? Um, and sometimes they're like, they looks like they've seen a ghost. They're like, I wasn't expecting that question. <laughs> and then I'll have to explain to them sometimes, you know, why I ask that kind of question. But, um, I, you know, when you go to see, you know, your, your primary care, they don't usually ask you that kind of question. No, unless no. psychologists, you know, uh, sociologists, whatever, you know, so yeah, it's, it's, it's not something, I mean, a lot of times the experience, like you said, spending an hour with some, someone is, is awesome because, uh, you know, when you go to the doctor's office, maybe the, the nurses and whatnot and the aides, they're very in tune with what you're doing. They're the real heroes. <laughs> the yes, doc they the are. doctors walk in, the doctors walk in and, and they're so busy and I'm not knocking what they do. I'm just saying that they don't have a lot of time, you know? And so sometimes you don't get the great care now. I mean, someone that's really good at their job, you don't feel like you were just rushed in and out, even when in a small amount of time, like you just said, with the one needle, you can get it done, you know? So yeah, People you're so right, Patty. So what are the benefits? Yeah. Uh, and we mentioned, obviously, pain, and you had mentioned uh, stress and anxiety. I even read, kind of researching this, that you can uh, use acupuncture to treat allergies, which, is, which yeah. is really interesting. So what are some of the benefits to acupuncture, and what is it, what is it really geared towards? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, some of the benefits are you know, just like increased, increased energy flow or blood flow through the body. And also just this, this sense of like homeostasis, like putting the body back into more of a calm state. So we do something where we read our pulses, read pulses in Chinese medicine, where we grab someone's wrist and we're, we're checking these six different positions on each wrist. And by the end of an acupuncture session, we want the pulse in all three positions to be the same similar strength and hitting the fingers at the same time because that way we know that the heart and the nervous system is more kind of like at this state of like parasympathetic or like a state of healing, which means that your nervous system is not fight or flight. It's not like turned on, you know? And so when the body is in that state, it starts to heal itself. So, I mean, when I was first, um, when we, you know, we'll talk about, um, you know, cause I just moved here to Eugene recently, um, in October coming back here, I grew up here um, and shut down a clinic in Portland. I was, when I was looking around and talking to all these different clinics, um, and the clinic I ended up staying or, or, or entering the, the live integrative, we'll probably talk about it later. While they were talking to me, they asked me, they said, so is there anything you don't treat? And there was this really long, awkward pause for a long time, because I was trying to think if there's something that I wouldn't treat. <laughs> And I said, no, I don't think so. And I was just in like this really honest state. And they kind of looked like, whoa, like who does this guy think he is? And I didn't mean that from like an egotistical place. What I mean is, is that like, I'm not treating a symptom. I'm treating the person. Right. You know, it's like, I, I would give it a shot for anybody, you know, because if I can read their pulses and balance their pulses, if they have digestive issues, um, you know, if they have asthma, 
that kind of thing. Yeah. They might, most of the time they need some, you know, herbal internal medicine as well, but there are times when I've seen acupuncture, um, heal something over time that is just kind of like, what, like, how did that happen? Um, and I think, I think it's because of that. It's because of the homeostasis. Is there anyone you say that you, I mean, I'm sure that you look at every person, like there's an opportunity there. But is there anybody that it's not good for? I mean, I read some things online and obviously a quick Google search says that like hemophiliacs, people that tend to their, their blood won't uh, clot, you know, as much as. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of blood, though, involved, right? With acupuncture or can there be? No, there's not. Yeah, there's not. No, it's that's very little. Yeah, I think that's more of a myth. And of course, I think there are people that it just doesn't fit for them. Right. You know, it's not like I and there's people that aren't fit for me. You know, like, sure. like I guess just, you know, there's been times where it's just like, this is not a good fit. Um, so there's, I think there's, there's people or people that, um, are just, you know, can't relax at all and just are too freaked out by it. Um, but I actually really enjoy when I get a patient who is really nervous and scared, um, because I feel like my style is like really gentle and I listen a lot. Um, and it's, it's really rewarding when I can help someone who's tried everything and then they finally get some help from acupuncture. Yeah. And maybe being a skeptic a little bit. And then when, you know, I mean, I guess if they're with you, they're probably not super skeptical because they've agreed to do it, but I'm sure that until someone experiences what, what it can feel like or what it can do, then well, a lot of times what it is, Patty, is that they're desperate. Sure. <laughs> it's like they, they've sure. tried everything and they're like, I'm, I'm finally going to try acupuncture for my chronic pain because I don't want to go on drugs and I've tried everything else. Right. Or, yep. or Yeah. So now I, you wrote in your bio uh, that you practice the five elements of acupuncture. Explain to me what that is. Yeah. So um, do you want like the whole? Yeah. So like I can tell it quickly because it's I think it's a it's it's a good to tell the origins of things and know where they come from. Um, and so the so the. It, five elements come from, comes from Taoism and Taoism is, um, the quick story of Taoism. Um, Lao Tzu is, um, the, he wrote a book called the Tao Te Ching and it's one of the oldest books on the planet. And it's just, it's not a religion, but it's a philosophy and a way to look at life. And in this philosophy, in the beginning, there was the void, there was nothingness, there was blackness, and then consciousness appeared. And then consciousness had this thought, I am, I exist. And then that's the big bang. There was a big explosion. And then came something called yin and yang. We've all seen that symbol, the Tai Yang symbol, the white and black symbol, Asian symbol that you see. Um, it's kind of all over, you know, mainstream. Sure. And then, and then came the five elements and then came the five thousand and then came the 10,000 things. So the five elements, so that's the story of where the elements come from. And the elements are fire, earth, mineral, water, and wood or flora. Um, most people say metal instead of mineral, and most people say wood instead of flora, but I think that mineral makes more sense. And my little small niche of people, we call it mineral instead of metal. So those are the five elements. And then with the five elements, they're all related to different organ systems. So there's 12 organs. And so like the mineral element is the lung and the large intestine. The water is the bladder and the kidney. The flora is the liver and the gallbladder. And all of these organs, they all have archetypal or personality traits and emotions attached to them and different parts of the body. So like the lungs are attached to inspiration and grief. And so when we are experiencing grief, the first thing that hits us is our lungs. Cause you know, it's like 
can't feel like we can't breathe. Um, and then that can sometimes be like a, uh, a, a, a like foundation for somebody is like, they can feel the suffering of the world. And so like their whole archetype is kind of like this mineral lung grief, but when they're able to work with it and transform it, they become inspired, you know, inspiration is of the breath, you know, that's where the word comes from. Um, and so the five elements is using when someone comes in, into my office, I'm already listening to the sound of their voice. What is the main emotion? What is, um, their, their body type color, all of that. And that all helps me decide how much fire they have, how much water they have, how much earth they have. And a lot of times when we go to a doctor or we go to an acupuncturist, everything is about pathology. And in this case, like I first like to look at people as what are, what, who are they and what makes them great and what, 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 what can make them great? Like, what is their innate traits? What is their innate way of being in the world? You know, they all, and like, so like an earth element person is like really compassionate and motherly and nurturing and that kind of thing. But a lot of times if that's too excess, it turns into worry and rumination. So like, this is kind of how that's the five elements and how I use them in acupuncture, because then each organ system, these 12 organ systems I talked about, they all have meridians on the body. And so I can do an earth point. I can do a fire point. I can do a lung mineral point, that kind of thing. Wow. So, the, so that, that's the five element yeah. theory in like a nutshell of like how I practice. Have you ever, and this is going to get sidetracked for a second. Have you ever researched uh, reflexology at all? Yeah. 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 I, yes. Yeah. I used to uh, teach at a, a college called East West college of the healing arts. And I taught the survey class of energetics. Um, that stuff and I, and I taught, I taught, yeah. And I taught a reflexology survey class. Yeah. So when was I was just in like, just a real quick side note, when I was in beauty school, I'm a barber. So yeah, no barber college. So I went to the full on beauty school yeah. and there was nail technicians, which I didn't get into nails, but they were starting to kind of study on reflexology and I hated having my feet touched, but they did a pedicure <laughs> on me. And this girl was like, watch this. It's going to, it's going to make your, it's going to hurt. You're like, you're going to feel something in your eye. And I was like, what? And she just pushed on my part of my foot and my eye like twitched. And I'm like, you need to go away, you know, because she did it to like mess with me a little bit. But I actually she showed me some things because, you know, you complain about your back or whatever. And, and everything is processed through your feet. It's wild, you know. And so she taught me a lot of stuff. Right. Re yeah. Random side note. But no, it's not random. It's connected to everything we're talking about, because yeah. what what that what what reflexology is based on is that everything is a map of everything else. Right. Meaning that the map of the body is on the bottom of your foot. Yeah. The map of your body is also in the palm of your hand. Yeah. The map of your body is also in your ear. The ear is an upside down fetus. So I can, I can treat someone's low back pain by putting the, I sometimes will put a little tiny needle in where the low back would be in that baby fetus in the ear. So right. the, I, it's called holographic, meaning that like everything in life is just repeating patterns. And so, it's kind of deep. <laughs> really deep yeah, shit. yeah, for sure. <laughs> now, I mean, you've kind of, kind of uh, mentioned it a little bit, but you said, I wanted to ask how you got into it, how you got into it, but you did say that your experience of getting acupuncture, was that really the first taste of Eastern medicine or where did no, they start? No, that wasn't the first. The first is when I was in high school um, and I was playing football. I went to Thurston high school and I broke my collarbone at the Jamboree before the senior season. Oh. And it was a really bad break. It was a compound fracture. 
and uh, the bone went, you know, you know, through this, it was just bad. And I was most, I was mostly a baseball player and, you know, I had dreams of wanting to play small college baseball. And, but this, this broken collarbone was just awful. Like at first they said it and they thought that it would just heal naturally and it never did. So then two months after I broke it, they then said, we'll do surgery. And then the surgery was really rough on me. They put in a titanium plate and there was something with the anesthesia where it was really bad. And I woke up, um, like right after the surgery was over too early and like, just like vomited everywhere. Like it was just bad. And, um, and they put me on drugs. And so I became really depressed and I was like, really like, because sports was my life and I'm, yeah. you know, and it was, it was my identity. And then I didn't have sports anymore. Um, and then my mom was like, you should talk to the drama teacher. Um, I think you might be a good actor. So then I got into theater and, and I went to U of O and I was still, you know, I couldn't play, I couldn't, you know, play baseball, all that, all that kind of stuff. And I got into uh, theater and when you're in a, when you, when you start to study theater in Eugene, you meet all these really interesting people. Right. And so, and the anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. And so I met all these really cool people and uh, I felt really, I fell in love with acting, but I was still very protective of my shoulder. And this is kind of like how things are connected. It's like, you know, because I was so protective, I was always rounded forward and that kind of can then influence your emotions. So I wasn't very confident, even though I, you know, even though people said I was a good actor and all these other things, like I, I was still like internally depressed and anxious and just not doing very well. And then I read a book called Siddhartha and it's the book of it's by Herman Hess and it's the story of uh, the Buddha. And I started doing meditation and I started observing my mind and I started learning about these Eastern practices and I started doing breathing work when I was in college and it really helped my anxiety and it really helped me feel better about, um, the, the titanium in my shoulder. Like I just like accepted it, you know, like instead of tried to resist it all the time. And then, um, I got all this, I got, I got, I got, uh, I, I, at the, my senior year, I wrote this short film and I was able to raise $20,000 for it. Oh. Like I got an investor and like put all my heart and effort into it and it completely failed. I didn't even finish the project. And then that depression came back where it was just like absolutely awful. Um, and after, so it didn't happen and I uh, got some graduation money and I ended up, uh, I decided I wanted to go to New Zealand for a month just to like go hike around and just kind of, you know, just like figure out what I'm going to do with my life. When I come back, I thought about maybe moving to LA to try to get into acting. And while I was there in New Zealand, I ended up finding this retreat center that did like yoga and meditation. And I got a job there working in the kitchen. And then, so I kind of fell in love with the people that were there and they invited me to stay. And then, so I ended up staying, um, in New Zealand for a year and, um, took some, took a, there's, there's such a long story. I don't know how, how much stuff, but I ended up taking a trip to India during that time and coming back, well, um, like wow. all this crazy, like I, and I'd only meant to be gone for a month, but while I was there, I met this body worker, um, this massage therapist, and he had never met me before. I never met him. And right when I walked into his office, he came over to me and he put his hand on my collarbone and he goes, I want you to know that this is healed brother. And you don't have to judge it anymore. And then like, I got these like, uh, goosebumps everywhere and like light, like, like everything, like kind of just like a very euphoric feeling. And ever since that day, everything, like my posture was different. My, I didn't, you know, judge this anymore. 
um, and that kind of thing. And then later that later that month, um, I just had this like voice come to me when I was working, um, at this retreat center and it was like, go into medicine. And so when I came home, instead of, um, going to LA to study acting or to try to be an actor, um, I just, I, I came home to Portland and I went home and moved to Portland and started going to massage school. Cause I thought massage school was the easiest way to get into the medical field. Cause it was just like, not a big commitment. It was, you know, 12 months of school. Right. And, uh, while I was in school, I kept studying Eastern medicine or, 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 or uh, Eastern philosophy. And then, uh, I started getting acupuncture while I was in massage school. So that story I told at the beginning of the podcast of, uh, getting acupuncture for anxiety, like that, that's when I discovered what acupuncture was. Right. And then while I was in right. massage school, I knew I would go to acupuncture school someday. Um, but I knew I wanted to get really good with my hands and really get really good at understanding kinesiology and anatomy before I did that. Right. So, so you mentioned a long journey. the body worker. Now, uh, let me, let me understand this more clear. So was he working on you or did he just tell you that it was already healed? He worked on me after he said that. Wow. So yeah, he, no, no. Yeah. He told me he was already healed. Yeah. He was basically like, I don't know how he knew that. I don't know if it was just coincidence. <laughs> I never asked him. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, um, we're really in tuned now body yeah. work in general. I had this written down. Uh, it says in your bio that you are an Eastern body work teacher. Explain to me what Eastern body work is. Yeah. So it's body work. That's more based on the meridians. So there's 12 meridians in the body and those are the places that are in between muscles usually. And so instead of like, for like, like, you know, Western body work is like, you know, about, you know, like blood flow and, you know, moving connective tissue and like, um, you know, range of motion, that kind of thing. But Eastern body work, we're focused on feeling for stagnation or blockages in meridians. And then we work those meridians and those channels in the bodies to free up the blockages. Right. So, yeah. So I studied Shiatsu, uh, while I was in massage school. And then while I was in Chinese medicine school, I also studied Shiatsu and that's a Japanese form of body work where it's just working in between muscle tissue in the meridians. Wow. So one thing I wanted to mention, and this is completely off what we were talking about, but this is interesting to me. A lot of times on my show, I cover politics, you know, and, and we're not going to get into yeah. politics as far as the division. If anything, one of the reasons I brought you on is because you're somebody that can see the qualities in every single person, which is something I can relate to that. I know I'm speaking for you, but I mean, it's clear as day when you get to, if you see your work, that's the kind of person you are. And that's the kind of person I strive to be. But anyway, uh, in America, acupuncture was actually popularized in the late, in the early seventies. I read this just doing some research when uh, president Richard Nixon was traveling to China with a journalist named James Reston. And you're, we talked about this off air. You're familiar with this story. So apparently James Reston had uh, to get an appendectomy and he received acupuncture treatment and he just thought it was the bee's knees. <laughs> and so, yeah. so wrote in his uh, stories traveling with Reagan or with Nixon that, you know, he had that experience and it's, it began to become popularized in America. So you were familiar with that story. Is that true? Yeah. It's a story that uh, a lot of people who um, introduce acupuncture to, you know, hospitals and doctors and cause people say, well, how did acupuncture end up in America? And it was kind of happenstance, you know, it was kind of like, it wasn't like methodically thought out. It was just like, you know, this, the journalist came back and was like, 
this stuff is the bee's knees. <laughs> let's, let's, we should bring this to America. And so, uh, they started to talk with, um, you know, different practitioners in China and asking them if they want to come to America and, you know, start schools and, and that kind of thing. But that wasn't the first time that, you know, Westerners were studying acupuncture. There's a history of Westerners going to, you know, Korea and Japan and Taiwan and China and, you know, studying like, you know, these are like the pioneers, you know, the people that went in the forties and the fifties and sixties. Um, all the way back yeah. to 1800s is what I was reading. Yeah. Is, yeah. Is that when it is, you know, but not really popularized and made mainstream. And I would even say that today it's not incredibly mainstream, you know, uh, how do people that are interested in it, how do they find you? Um, you can find me at a, a live integrative medicine. That's a clinic in Eugene. It's on 19th and Jefferson. Um, you can just go to a live integrative.com. Um, and you can find it there, or you can also go to my, uh, web, go to any of my uh, social media. Uh, you find, if you type in dusty bubbles or dusty Bodine, or go to my website, epiphanyacupuncture.com, there's a contact page. You can send me a message. Even if you just have a question, like yeah. I love, I, I love answering questions for people, um, that are just short and easy. You know, I always offer that when I, when I give talks, like just, you can even just ask me anything. Sure. Yeah. And in the show notes, I've got all those links. I'm going to link yeah your uh, epiphany acupuncture business. And then also, like you had mentioned, the clinic that you work at is called Alive Integrated Medicine. And there's going to be links to that with the address. It's on Jefferson. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then that's, so that's in the show notes. Uh, and then your phone number as well. I don't know if that's the number for the clinic or if it's that's the, number. the number for the clinic. Yeah. Totally so, cool. to have And that. I yeah. think for anybody listening as well, it's really cool uh, to check out the website not only because of the work that you do, but there's a lot of different people practicing different types of, of treatments and medicine and whatnot. So uh, I think it's really cool. Uh, now is alternative medicine, is that a, a phrase that would be frowned upon in the, in the industry? I don't know. Yeah. I think I, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm honestly like, 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 how do I say this nicely? Like, like opinions don't really matter too much to me. So like, you're the wrong person to ask because you just like, don't, I don't care. Like if, if some, yeah. there's people who don't like it, there's people who do like, I'm just kind of like, you know, that's just people's opinions and you know, whatever. All, all I care about is does the person get better? Like, I don't really care what it is you know, I know that there's, <laughs> or what there's, it's called. There's uh, doctor client per, uh, confidentiality and whatnot. So we won't use names, but off the top of your head, you mm. know, what is a story that you remember that really kind of sticks out as far as, mm in your practice doing acupuncture where mm. something that really sticks out, you know, something that was kind of. Yeah. Um, I had a patient um, who came in to see me and their main complaint was neck pain and they had poor range of motion with their neck. They couldn't move. They couldn't rotate it to the right or to the left very well. Like it, they, you know, this was kind of it for them. And they had seen a chiropractor, a massage therapist, and a physical therapist. And this had been going on for six weeks and, and hadn't been getting better. And they haven't, she, and they hadn't had gotten any good answers about like what, what the problem was. And, um, and the, but I also asked her, cause I asked a lot of people this question. I said, well, tell me about your stress levels. And then they started talking about how they are very, were very stressed at work and they had this new job and everything was going on and all this stuff. And because of the way that she was talking, she was talking in this very like weepy, like very sad voice. I started thinking about 
the large intestine and the lungs right away, which is the mineral element. And one of the, one of the aspects of the mineral element is, is, is like, if it's, if it's not in harmony, you have issues with feeling like what you do in the world has value. So self-worth. And so she was already laying on my table and I asked her, I said, can you tell me about your self-worth? How's your self-worth? And she just like broke down and just started crying. Like she just like wept on the table and I did one acupuncture point. This is one of those one point treatments. I did the, what's called the source point of the large intestine. So I did the reset point for the large intestine, just one point. And, um, as I did the point, I had her move her head like this. And then all of a sudden she started getting the full range of motion and all of her pain went away. Wow. Yeah. And you know, and then she, and then, and then she continued to come back after that and the pain stayed away. Yeah. That actually so, is a good question too, as far as, uh, how long do the treatments usually last? I mean, how long is the, the benefit going to last? Well, it just, it's person to person. I guess it's it, situations situational, you know, it's like, um, you know, there are some, some, some pain that's chronic and people need, you know, six to 10 treatments or they need to come in more often. Um, sometimes it's, it's, you know, I get asked that a lot. And for me, I like to try to be off, you know, be as authentic and, and truthful as I possibly can, because I've seen, you know, when you have a story, like I just told you where this patient got better in one, you know, someone could have came in with neck pain and they had trouble moving it. And maybe I wasn't successful or it, or it, or it took 10 treatments. So, um, I think it's just, I, for me, it's often a question of like, are people ready to feel better? Right. I know that. I don't know. I don't know if that, if that makes sense. Um, and you can do it, you know, if people want to do it yearly, they can do that. Right. Cause you can kind of do it as, uh, just on a, on a schedule more or less. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, I like to, you know, start out where people come in in the beginning, like every week for a few weeks right. or six weeks or, and then, and then once we feel like we have kind of epiphany or a breakthrough, something happens. Um, I then, uh, people often come and see me like once every two months or once every three months or once every month, or when they feel like it, once they feel like they, you know, are, are whatever they came in for is better. Now let's talk, I mean, about insurance. Is this something that would be, is it covered at all by insurance? Yeah. Yeah. It's covered by a lot of insurance companies. Um, even OHP with a referral, um, which is awesome. And I just became a provider for OHP. So I'm a provider for Trillium and for Pacific source solutions. And so if you get a referral from your doctor, um, for acupuncture, you can do that. And so all you have to do is if you're talking to your doctor and you say, I want to try acupuncture, I've been hearing about this and yeah. Can we try acupuncture for my sore neck? You know, can we try it for this? Um, yeah, Yeah, that's, that's good to know. I mean, it's always a, a tough thing to ask, uh, the finances, but I think it's really important because I think a lot of times people, especially in America, uh, with our system, everything is, is a business, you know? And so, yeah. Yeah. so sometimes people like myself are, are like, well, I'm not going to go because they just think about the cost, you know, and all that. Right. Kind of stuff. So that's, that's good to know that there is options at least. And, you know, obviously not everybody's insurance would cover it, but that's something that you can look into it. And there is potential there that it could be covered. Yeah, we do a pretty good job in Oregon. Like a lot of, a lot of plans cover at least a few treatments a year. Well, that's really cool. So, uh, we're going to segue into a little bit more about your music. Uh, I wanted to ask you first though, just uh, briefly because I follow you on Facebook and 
you know, you are a new father. How old is your daughter yeah. now? Oh, he's a son. Son. Uh, okay. Yeah, his name's Chauncey and uh, it, 10 months. Okay. I wrote down daughter, which I took <laughs> shit to right. Doesn't matter. He's 10 months old. It's like, a baby. You no, know, <laughs> right. Right. So it's pretty cool to see. This has definitely been a life-changing experience. Uh, what has it been like these last 10 months? I know yeah. you've got a lot going on. It's a whirlwind because you moved too. So you were back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm so grateful for the little guy for so many reasons, but one of them is it brought me back to Eugene, man. Yeah. Like, like I'm really happy to be back here. Um, I missed it and it feels good to be back home and it feels good to be around family. And so I'm, I'm happy to be with family. Cause you know, I don't, I don't think I would have moved here back here. Um, right. if it being, wasn't. Close to, being close to, to grandma is always a benefit, you know, yeah. it, is, is, and then, uh, your partner is her family, uh, in Eugene as well. No, uh, she's from North Dakota. Okay. There yeah. should only be one Dakota. I, I actually have a pack <laughs> with myself that if, if North or South Dakota gets mentioned, I have to say that yeah. there should only be one Dakota. I, I've heard that philosophy. So I, I have to say it. Unfortunately, it's something I, I made a deal with myself and I wouldn't want to make myself angry. So, so, yeah. uh, <laughs> with the senators, with the senators, yeah. is that right. what you're talking about? Yeah. Right. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, it's been really fun to watch a uh, little, just, you know, side note about uh, your, your videos and your little, the little fun hats that you have your son wearing and <laughs> just different things. Just, yeah. it's, been, it's been really fun to watch, you know, and new parenthood, I think is there's nothing like it. I'm a step parent. So I skipped the line and, and, you know, my kids, I basically met them when they were 14 and 16 or whatever. So it's a little different, but, uh, but yeah, I, it's a cool thing to watch. Now with the music, uh, you go by Dusty Bubbles, and where did the name Dusty Bubbles come from? Uh, so Dusty Bubbles um, came from when I was uh, I was uh, 18 years old, and uh, a friend of mine called me and said, "Hey, we lost a cameraman," and I had a nice camera at the time because I was really into filming stuff. They were like, "We lost a cameraman at the country fair. Can you come down and be a cameraman for our crew?" And uh, it was part of spoken word, which was to film the speakers at the Oregon Country Fair. And, uh, you know, I grew up in Springfield and, you know, always thought, you know, like those are the hippies and stuff. And now I'm a hippie myself, so I get sure. it, <laughs> but I went and had like the time of my life and, uh, the, 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 the other main film guy, um, who, who helped me out, who, who, who was like my boss, we were standing in line to get our badges to, for, for doing the media and they and they were like, what's your nickname? And I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, well, we need a nickname for you. And I'm like, I don't know. And he goes, pauses and he goes, you're dusty bubbles. <laughs> and it was on my badge that, that year. And then all of my friends started calling me dusty bubbles. Cause I wore the media badge everywhere at the fair that year. Right. And then, and I made this funny face in my badge where I, cause there's a picture of me on it where I'm going. You're right. And uh, yeah. And I, and so now I have every, so I've now I've been a, had that same job at the fair for the last 15 years. Wow. Um, and I do the same face every year for the badge. So I have all these badges with my same face and it all says dusty bubbles. That's awesome. Um, and so now there's people that only know me as bubbles or dusty bubbles, um, that they don't even like, that's just what they think my name is. Cause they it's just pretty, know me from fair. <laughs> and you know, I mean, I, on the ish, when I first became familiar with you, I'm like dusty bubbles, what is this? And it's definitely different what you do with your music. You know, so you've trained or learned from Joey Helpish. Joey's been on the show a few times. A lot of my friends in the past knew him as Uncle Nancy, and that's his alter ego. He, 
I'm glad that he's ditched that for the most part because uh, Joey Helfish is a better person than Uncle, <laughs> than Uncle Nancy. Uh, he would say the same thing. Yeah, no, so we've talked about it on the show and, yeah. and he's going to actually be coming on uh, the weekend of April 11th. He's going to come on and talk about his new album and his new website and a lot of the stuff he's doing. Uh, he's also got a really cool cross promotion. A couple of weeks ago, I had uh, the education website, uh, Educational Equity, Equity Now. Yeah, Educational Equity Now. And they've got a cross promotion on their music section where they're promoting Joey Helpish's work. <clears throat> so Joey Helpish is somebody that taught you a lot. Now explain to me or tell me about how that relationship started and what, what he's been able to do helping you kind of get off the ground with recording. Yeah. So um, in uh, the summer of 2019, I was reorganizing my basement in Portland and I had this thought where I was like, because I'd always dreamed of making music. And I was like, if I, as an acupuncturist, am trying to help all of these people be the best versions of themselves and follow their dreams, why the hell am I not following mine? Like, why am I've always wanted to make music and why am I not doing it? And then I had, uh, and then right when I had that thought, Joey Helpish popped into my head because he had been on Facebook talking about Dandyland Studios and helping people make music. And when I was in school, I made some hip hop um, that was based on Chinese medicine theory that would help me study for tests. And all my classmates really liked it. And so I had this idea that I would call Joey and ask if he could help me make this Chinese medicine hip hop album. I called him. Um, he'd always been an acquaintance and, you know, a friend at, at, you know, when we were like, if I saw him at like, you know, out at a gathering or something, he'd know my face and know who I was and we might chat for a little bit, but you know, that was about it. And, uh, I, uh, I went there, uh, to his uh, apartment in Portland and we were gonna, I thought we were gonna, I thought he was going to make me beats. And I thought that then, uh, you know, that's how the album would happen. This, this Chinese medicine hip hop album that I had wanted to make. And right when we sat down, he was like, I'm going to teach you them how to make the beats. I'm not going to make them. You're going to make them. And Oh my God, dude, I had so much anxiety. Like I, that, I, I wrote this letter to Joey that day of what my body was feeling, how much anxiety I had. And he just loves that letter. Because it was, you know, I knew that I was about to grow and break through and have to work really hard. So through that process, I decided to drop this Chinese medicine hip hop idea. I just dropped it completely because I felt like I wasn't serving my learning and it was better to have no agenda and just kind of listen to the moment. And that's how that album, my first album inspired by my friends happened. And, uh, you know, I've always been a lover of hip hop. I've always been a lover of music. I've been entrenched in music. I listen to music all day, every day. My mom is a music teacher. You know, I took piano lessons when I was younger. You know, I can play a little bit guitar, um, but I was never like, you know, traditionally trained. And just the way that Joey teaches, like by making these shortcuts and using GarageBand and all these different apps on the iPad, like I just really fell in love with it and became obsessed and started making beats from like 8 p.m. until midnight every night for like... Oh, yeah. The, the thing that Joey, <laughs> the thing that's the most important and also the most amazing is Joey has a slogan and I talk about it a lot. Make something terrible, 
make something terrible today. Just do it. Just, you know, and this doesn't just have to do with music. This has to do with any form of creative outlet, whether it's drawing something that you're going to, you know, crumple up and throw away. It doesn't even matter, you know, but just do it instead of thinking about the finished product. You should enjoy the process of making it. And once you get over, yeah, go ahead. Oh, he told me, he said in the beginning, he said, uh, you're going to make a hundred bad beats, a hundred terrible beats before you make a good one. And he said, I was one of the first students that took him seriously because I seriously made a hundred in the first term. (laughs) I I made 125. And like, when you listen to the first, you know, 30 of them, they're awful. Sure. (laughs) The beauty of it is that what I've learned is that you do those as practice. And then you have someone come over that, like when you collaborate and you, like I have Roger McConnell come over and I have what I call starts where they're like, I'm starting to map out a beat, but it never went anywhere. And then he can come over and lay down the guitar and then we can add some instruments on top of that. Then I remove parts that were on that. And then it becomes something amazing. So a lot of the the songs that I've done, I mean, I, I don't know. Amazing is a stretch, but I love it. And that's all that matters. But then, you know, I've been able to make something out of those little crappy beats that I started with in the beginning. Cause I don't think there's a beat that I've ever messed with that I haven't developed into something, you know, and I've got a bunch of stuff and that's because of, the teaching of someone like a Joey Helpish. I don't know if there isn't anyone like him. You know, he's definitely, I don't like to use the word about artists to say that they're a genius, but I definitely think that in his area, he's, he's one of a kind. So it's, it'll be really cool to pick up on. It's funny. I don't want to talk about him when we're talking about your music, but you are very open with the fact that without some of his tutelage, it might not have even been possible to get that out in you. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, guided meditations uh, are something that you've kind of started doing uh, on your YouTube channel, which the link will be in the show notes as well. But if anybody is is listening to this and can't find the show notes for whatever reason, just uh, go on YouTube and search uh, Dusty Bodine or Dusty Bubbles. And the guided meditations, tell me about what those are. Yeah. So again, that was something that Joey encouraged me to do in the very beginning. And I didn't have a method for it. I would just play the keyboard with sounds that I really like and then say pretty things into a microphone. <laughs> and then we would listen to him. And cause he really, he, he wanted me to work on my spoken word, not just hip hop and, you know, kind of experiment. So I've done so many different kinds of things with music. I've experimented a lot. You know, I've done the hip hop, I've done these guided meditations. I've done just like soundscapes. Um, but what I'm doing now is I'm doing meditations that are based on acupuncture points. So, and so someone, you know, if they couldn't, weren't able to come in to see me, I could send them a video and be like, do this guided meditation and hold this acupuncture point. And it's possible that we could activate that point and it could help you in some way. Wow. Yeah. So there are those kind of described on YouTube? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. There's a description. They're called spirit of the point, uh, education meditations. Um, because I do like a little bit of education in the beginning about, um, whatever the element is and whatever the organ is, and then whatever the point is. And then we go into the meditation and, uh, I've done two styles. Sometimes I play the keyboard while I talk and the, and there's been other times where I make a loop and then just talk over the loop. Right. Which definitely with garage band, all that's very simple thing to do. Yeah. Well, you know, Dustin Bodine, AKA dusty bubbles. It's really cool to, to pick your brain on this kind of stuff. Again, uh, if, if anybody wants to find you, you can go to epiphanyacupuncture.com or uh, Alive Integrated Medicine. And then the link for that is in the show notes. What's the website for that? Alive Integrated 
medicine.com. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's what it is. Yep. I, I don't know if it's a, a live integrative or if you just, you know, Google a live integrative, you'll, it'll come up. Right. And that's, uh, what is it? It's in on Jefferson, but what's the crossroad? Yeah. It's on 19th and Jefferson and okay. uh, it's an integrative clinic with naturopathic doctors and a chiropractor and massage therapist and me and, and a counselor. Wow. Yeah. And right now, you know, it's probably best to call because of with COVID, we are coming to the tail end of this, but as, as of right now, you, you know, there's still restrictions on how many people can be in and all that kind of stuff. So you definitely want to set up an appointment, but like you had said, anybody can email you or call you or whatnot, and you'll answer questions for them and, you know, find out if acupuncture is for them. Yeah. They will need a referral from their doctor, but you know, that's something that you guys can talk about. Only if it's a OHP. Okay. Okay. Other insurance companies. Most of the time you don't. Right. Yeah. Awesome. So we're going to end this with a song and you had mentioned that this is off one of your first albums or your, fir- it was your first album, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, inspired by my friends. And this one has a feature from with Joey Helpish. So I thought that that would be fitting to play. So again, thank you for doing this. It's really cool to get to know you better. Uh, I have never done acupuncture and I think that I'm going to have to now. So, uh, come see me. Yeah, I'll definitely have to do it. And then, <laughs> uh, I'm sure I have a litany of tension points and all kinds of just awkward ways that I walk and different things that we can, we can figure out. So no, I've, I've dealt with a lot, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with grief and I'm sure that that's something with stress. And, uh, I know that there's a lot there I've dealt with, uh, social anxiety, which is really funny. I have a serious case of, uh, imposter syndrome, which is weird that I host a podcast, but, uh, so there's a lot of things that would be really interesting and I'm, and I'm an open person and I'm willing to try something once at least, so it'd be something I'll come talk to you about it. Yeah. Well, I've told you, man, I'm so admired, you know, this is like your hundredth and 19th episode, you know, that's pretty amazing to like, keep going and keep doing this. So definitely yeah. feel inspired by you, man. Thank you. And I'm going to keep doing it, you know, and, and I've got some really exciting things coming up. Like I said, Joey Helpish on the 11th next week, I'm going to have Thomas Hida coming on. We're going to talk about current affairs, which is my favorite thing to do uh, is Thomas is someone that I admire. And so those are always really fun conversations. Then I'm going to hit it big with, uh, with the election preview because in May we have a midterm election. So I'm going to have a couple of the people running for the school board, one in, in Springfield, one in 4J in Eugene. So that'll be really cool. So again, Dustin Bodine, a.k.a. Dusty Bubbles, thank you very much for doing this. And we're going to end this with a song called Inspired by My Friends Inspire by me. Dustin Bodine, Dusty Bubbles. Like all the time. <laughs> Inspired by My Friends by Dusty Bubbles featuring Joey Helpish. I'm inspired by my friends, I'm inspired by my friends, I'm inspired by my friends. I'm inspired by my friends, I'm inspired by my friends, I'm inspired by my friends. I'm inspired by my friends, I'm inspired by my friends, I'm inspired by my friends. I'm inspired by my friends, I'm inspired by my friends, I'm inspired by my friends, friends. They don't try to be cool, that's what makes them super cool, that's what makes them super cool. Authentic in their arts, authentic in their smarts, what a privilege it is to have so many friends. I can call on a dime, they inspire me to rhyme. In touch with themselves, it is so beautiful, how encouraging they are, practicing the lessons of K.R. S1, a peace, love, unity, and having fun. I really hit a home run when I found this crew. I practice acupuncture, make music too. Always feel supported and I move like a tortoise. Slow determination increases fascination. About the people who love me. About the people who love me. I'm inspired by my friends. I'm inspired by my friends. I'm inspired by my friends. 
I'm inspired by my friends, I'm inspired by my friends, I'm inspired by my friends. I'm inspired by my friends, I'm inspired by my friends, I'm inspired by my friends. I'm inspired by my friends, I'm inspired by my friends, I'm inspired by my friends. Spread love like a virus. Ancient message like it's written on papyrus. When I'm feeling out of touch, the king minus interconnection that lives inside us. Calls me up and says, hey buddy. When inspiration isn't covering the rent money Just remember to breathe and love nature There's more to us than you can scribble down on paper We be juggling a jam in a fire dancing Singing beats, singing stories, singing arts and crafts and Shouting love, shouting light, shouting louder than the hating Sharing stories of the stories, the stories we're making I'm inspired by my friends, I'm inspired by my friends, I'm inspired by my friends. I'm inspired by my friends, I'm inspired by my friends, I'm inspired by my friends. I'm inspired by my friends, I'm inspired by my friends, I'm inspired by my friends. I'm inspired by my friends, I'm inspired by my friends, I'm inspired by my friends. I'm inspired by my friends, I'm inspired by my friends, I'm inspired by my friends. I'm inspired by my friends, I'm inspired by my friends, I'm inspired by my friends. I'm inspired by my friends, 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 I'm inspired by my friends.